Our loving, kind Heavenly Father, we are here this morning because of your grace and mercy. Father, we appreciate you because you have made it possible to come and worship you and adore you and magnify your name. You are worthy to be glorified. You are worthy to be exalted. Because, Father, you are everything. You are our hope. You are our everlasting portion. You are our breath and our sunshine. Without you, we can do nothing. Father, we remember your servant David of old who said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go in the house of the Lord. For in the house of the Lord there is joy, there is praising, there is worship. Father, most of us are not in this house. We are locked up in our homes, but we know that you are everywhere. You are omnipresent. And wherever your children are this morning, Lord, may you minister to them, King of Glory. May you glorify yourself, Heavenly Father, as we come to this time of the word. Because you said, Heavenly Father, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. I pray, King of Glory, that you'll speak to us this morning and have your own way in this service. Father, whatever will take place, we commit it in your precious hands. Have your own with us, Father. Even, Lord, we commit the tithes and the offerings that have been brought in your house. I pray blessing, Father, upon everyone who has offered and tithed. Bless them, King of glory, according to your word. Father, we ask all this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. I greet you so much in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherever you are, listening in and viewing, may the Lord bless you mightily. We shall read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11 from verse 23. <clears throat> For I have received of the Lord that which, uh, which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it. In remembrance of me. Abakorinse chisoka sura yakumini moni na vimu sato. Kuanga nzi na wewe elimu kama wafu elicho chenaba wamwe. Ngamu kama wafu yesu mchido chiri chia lidwa mo rukwe yatolo mugati neyeba za 
Nagumenyam, Nayogiranti, Gunogum Biriguangi, Oguri Kurwamwe, Mukodenga Wemutu, Orokuns Yukidanganze, Eran H. Compe Watu, Weamaro Kuria, Nayogiranti, H. Compechino, Yendagani and Pia, Mumusai Guangi, Mukodenga Wemutu, Gurimuna, Nyuangako, Orokuns Yukidanganze. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of His word. You may be seated. Uh, I just want us to share on this message of remembering the Lord. Amen. Amen. Where we read, verse 24, it says, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. <coughs> Amen. Remembering the Lord. Just a quote from this very message. Now we could of course begin with the Lord's table. Because that is a good place where we all remember. Remembering the Lord at his table. Which really the text refers to that. But thus Paul, Paul said that we are to take the cup and to drink the blood, to eat the kosher bread in remembrance, to remember what he did for us. As you do it, you don't want to make it just a common everyday thing. You want to really come remembering the Lord. See? Remember that it was his grace and his mercy and that alone that gives you the only hope that you have. No matter what you would ever do, there is nothing, nowhere that can anyways come near what Christ did for you. Amen? Amen. Now, where we read, uh, Paul was talking about the Lord's table. Holy communion. And he was saying, whenever you do that, whenever you break the bread and take the cup of wine, you do it in remembrance of what God did for you. Through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he goes on to say, remember that it was his grace and his mercy that alone that gives you the only hope that you have. It is his grace, it is his mercy that makes you what you are. And you should always remember that. It is his grace that has made you a saint this morning. It is his grace that has given you 
mercy to live a holy life. It is his grace that picked you from the mark of sin that you are in and made you a Christian. So what you are is just because of his grace. And remember grace is undeserved favor. In other words, you deserve to die because of your sins and your transgression. God had told Adam and Eve he told them the day that you partake of that tree of knowing good and evil that is the day that you will die. But we see that when they sinned and they partook of that tree God himself came after they had run away and hidden themselves. Because they realized that they were naked. And they got fig leaves to cover their nakedness. They hid from the Lord. These people used to have wonderful fellowship in the cool of the evening. The Lord himself used to come and have fellowship with them. But now they have transgressed. They have realized they are naked. They have run away from the presence of God. And they are hiding. And God himself comes. Calling Adam, Adam. Where are you? He did not send an angel. He came personally. And Adam started passing on blame. The wife that you gave me. He asked the, the wife. Eve. She said the serpent. You know they were passing on blame to the other. So according to God's word. They were supposed to be struck dead. But the grace of God. That undeserved favor. God favored them. Brother Branham says, He says, When love projects, then grace takes over. God loved man so much. He loved you and me so much. That even when we transgressed his word. Instead of killing us. He favored us. He had to put away for Adam and Eve. He had to kill an innocent lamb. To die in their stead. And then he skinned it and covered their nakedness. So it is his grace. It is his mercy. That makes you what you are this morning. Just as we sing in that song. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help. Love lifted me. If it wasn't for the blood, if it wasn't for the blood, if it wasn't for the blood, if it wasn't if it wasn't his grace, if it wasn't his mercy, you'd be lost completely.
So, we should always remember where he picked us from. When we come from for that communion, the breaking of the bread, and the partaking of wine, we do it in remembrance of what God did for us. Amen? Amen. No matter what you would ever do, there is nothing nowhere that can anyways come near what Christ did for you. There is nothing that can equate the salvation of God. Nothing. Paul said in... Uh, First Timothy, Paul Timothy, two, three downwards. He said, This is good and well acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Who'd have every man, everybody to get saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one. God, and there is one mediator between man yeah, and God. The man, Christ Jesus. So, salvation is the only way. Because it took God himself to come down and put on flesh. The Bible says in Hebrews 2.14 As the children have flesh and blood he also partook of the same. He made himself a body like yours and mine. And he offered this body on the cross at Calvary for your sins and my sins. The Bible says, without controversy, great is the mystery of Godliness. God was manifested in flesh. Justified in the spirit. Seen of angels. Preached to the Gentiles. Received back to glory. That God. Who created the heavens and the earth. He's a spirit being. But when he wanted to die for you and me. He made himself a body. In a virgin woman. No one, it is a great mystery. First Timothy 3.16 Without controversy, great is the mystery of God. God was manifested in flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels. Brother Branham says, Brother Branham can you imagine the creator of the heavens and the earth Walking on the streets of Galilee. In his son Jesus Christ. And the angels. Whom he created. Who would fear to look at him. In that vision of Isaiah which he saw. When the highest form of angels. Were magnifying the Lord. The seraphims. Saying holy. 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 
is the Lord God of hosts. All earth is filled with his glory. And they could not even dare look at him. They had covered their face with two wings. With two wings they had covered their feet. And with two wings they flew. But this time they are seeing him in heaven when he's just walking on the streets of Galilee. Seed of angels. And then after that he died. That horrible death. To save you and me. No wonder it is a great mystery. So there is nothing. That can equate that. What he did for us. Brethren, we should always remember. Remember where he picked you from. Remember the good things he has done for you. Remember that if it wasn't his grace and mercy, you would not be what you are. And we are told here that the Lord's Supper where we remember what he did for us we should not just make it as a common thing but we should do it always to remember what he did for us do you know that the devil is so cunning one of the ways how the devil fights is to make Things of God common. He makes prayer common. He makes salvation common. He makes the Lord's table an obvious thing. He makes sin. Something which is so horrible in the sight of God. He makes it common. He can bring, for example, a badly dressed woman. You remember when miniskirts had just started? People would look at a woman. Badly dressed. And they would whistle. And some of them would even run. Even they used to tear their clothes. You are so ashamed they would jump on and tear it. But what the devil does is after that he throws another one. Badly dressed. And another one and another one. And it becomes common and so obvious. You would embezzle money, for example, government's money and government. But then he makes it good and he makes it common and he makes it obvious. And you know that even the things of God, like the Lord's table, we should always do it. That's what the Bible tells us. To remember what he did for us. And we should not make it common. Because Paul was saying, you should do it cautiously. To remember what he did for you. And he said, that's why some of you are sick. 
And that's why some of you are weak. And that's why some of you sleep. Thanks be to the Lord. Meaning when you come to the Lord's table with an unworthy life, you might fall sick or even die. And he said you should always examine yourself. So what people do, they dodge it. Because they realize they have seen in their life. But if you dodge it, then you have no part in Christ. So that puts us in a dilemma. The only way is to go down. On your knees, put your life right, walk a life that is pleasing to the Lord. Because that is the whole purpose why he purchased you with that precious blood. So we should always remember where the Lord picked us from. It is only his grace and mercy that makes us what we are. One time I was listening to a testimony before I came to the message and uh, I had gone to attend fellowship at KPC. KPC. The current Watoto. And then there was a man who was testifying. This was a live testimony. And in that testimony, he said he was the third best wrestler in the whole world. And he used to do rigorous exercises. He used to make 1,000 press-ups in a day. And one day, he broke his back. And he was taken to the hospital. They were going to operate him. And as he was waiting for the operation, he tuned in his, uh, his TV. And there was a preacher preaching. And he got disgusted with that preaching. He tuned to another station. And the same preacher was there preaching. And he decided to listen. And through that listening, God gripped his heart. And he ended up giving his life to Christ. And he says he prayed to God. And said, Lord, now I'm going for this operation. Since I've given my life to you, Lord, help me to come out of this operation well. Let this operation be successful. And he was operated upon, and it was very successful. And when he was viewing his TV, he says he saw in the news uh, of what had happened in the course of the day. And they were showing an accident which had taken place. There was a head-on collision. And you know, people, some people died. And uh, others were, you know, survived. But then a traffic man came to save 
He came on the scene and he was trying to get out the victims. And in the process of saving those souls, another speeding car came from another direction and came and knocked him. And he saw his guy, he had his gun and he pierced his chest and blood was gushing out. And he felt so bad about it. Then an ambulance came and took him. So he prayed. He said, Lord, save this police. He came to save the life. The lives of these people. And now in the process, another car came and knocked him. Lord, save his life. And after that prayer, he says, later on, they announced on, on uh, he saw on the TV that that victim died. And he said, Lord, then there is no use of serving you. I requested you to save the life of this police. And here he's dead. And he was so disgusted with God. But he says he slept and dreamed. And he saw the Lord himself. And the Lord was telling him, I also came to save you. But in the process of saving you, I had to lose my life for you. But I have power to regain that life. So he says from that moment, he made a vow. He said, Lord, when I get healed, I will serve you all the days of my life. And he says he had to give up his career. All his savings. He moves from country to country. Testifying about the goodness of the Lord. He remembered. He saw what God did for him. Do you know that most times we forget that? Can you imagine where would you be without the saving grace of the Lord? Sometimes I imagine if the Lord had not saved me, I would already be in that lost region just waiting for judgment. Because I don't believe I would still be living. So it is God's grace, brethren. We should always remember where he picked us from. Always remember the Lord. Remember where he picked you from. Remember how far he has brought you. He says the temple of the Lord, as I have explained it here, we believe that we call it the communion. Now we place the wrong, the wrong, we place the right thing in the wrong place. It isn't the bread that matters. It isn't the wine that matters. That is the kosher bread and the wine. But the thing that is that matters most 
Neyechi singo bukuru. Communion means to talk to. Communion chitegizu kuogira ne mukama. And in talking to him, remembering him, I think it is the most blessed time of the services. See? Every hour of our life ought to be a communion. Amen? Amen. So, we should not remember him only when we come for the Holy Communion. But every hour of our life should be a communion time. You should always ponder and meditate about the goodness of the Lord. You should always remember where he picked you from. Just like that lady who gave a testimony. And she said, I want to testify for the goodness of the Lord. And she said, I'm not what I ought to be. Neither am I what I want to be. But at least I know that I'm not what I used to be. And Brother Branham says, Brother Branham Nagamba, that was a wonderful testimony. She had not reached maybe the level of Christianity. Maybe she was not filled with the Holy Ghost. Maybe she had so many mistakes. She had so many weaknesses. But at least she realized that she's not what she used. She realized that God had taken her from somewhere. And he was leading her somewhere. She recognized the hand of the Lord. Brethren, that's what we should always recognize. You could be having so many failures. You could not have, maybe you have not reached where you, you expect to reach. As far as salvation is concerned. But at least remember. That grace of God. Remember that he predestinated you. He elected you. The Bible says, not he who runneth, not he who willeth, but it is to whom the Lord giveth mercy. There are so many wonderful people down there. But they have not seen the truth. They are not saved. But who are you? This morning. At such a moment. People are nursing hangovers. They are taken up with the weekend. But who are you to be serving the right God? That is grace and mercy. The Bible says in Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good with those ones who love the Lord. For those ones whom he foreknew, he predestinated. And those ones whom he predestinated, he has justified. Those ones whom he justified, he has glorified. 
He knew you before the foundation of the world. He called you. He's working on you. That is his grace and mercy. You should always remember that. But do you know that we quickly forget? Our God does not forget. Every good thing you do for him, he remembers it. But for us, we are quick to forget. We are quick to forget. We forget where he picked us from. But for him, he does not forget. Because the Bible says, even on the last day, the Lord will appear with his angels and he will sit on his throne of judgment and all nations will be gathered before him and he will separate people, sheep from among the goats just like the shepherd does it. And he will put the Sheep on the right hand side and the goats on the left. And he will tell the sheep, enter ye in in the kingdom of my father which was prepared for you before the foundation of the world. Because I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me something I was a stranger and you bade me to come in. I was naked and you dressed me. And then they will ask him, Lord, when did we do that to you? And he will tell them, in as much as you did it to these little ones of my brethren, you did it unto me. In other words, any small thing that you do for a child of God, God remembers you. Every good thing you do for the Lord, he does not forget it. Look at a man like Cornelius. The Bible says that he used to give alms. He used to pray to that God he didn't know. Cornelius was a Gentile. But he used to pray always. He used to pray without ceasing. Can you imagine? Someone who doesn't know the right God. But you and me know that God. And we cannot pray without ceasing. According to the word of God. Cornelius used to pray without ceasing. Until God had to send him an angel. And the angel told him. Cornelius. God has heard your prayers. He has seen your arms. And now go to a place called Joppa. In the house of Simon. You'll find there a man called Peter. He'll show you what to do. And finally, as you know the whole story, God ended up giving him eternal life. God remembers whatever good thing you do for you. But it's so unfortunate that we quickly forget. One time, 
The Lord Jesus made ten lepers. And they cried unto him, Lord, save us. Heal us, Lord. And the Bible says, He healed them. And they went away rejoicing. But one of them, he remembered the grace of God. He looked at himself and he was healed. And the Bible says that he had to go back. And he said, Lord, I have come to appreciate you. I have come to say thank you, Lord. Thank you for healing me. And Jesus looked at him and he asked him, didn't I heal you ten? How come that you are the only one who has come back to appreciate? And the Bible says that that man was made whole. In other words, the other ones were healed. And remember, lepers used to have scars. You know, lepers would give you scars. Sometimes you'd lose your fingers and you'd have a... Maybe your, your, your nose would fall in. So Jesus healed the ten, and I believe, you know, that oozing, you know, condition and the pain and all those things left them. But maybe the scars remained with them. But when this one came back to appreciate, he was made whole. It was as if he had never had leprosy. I believe his skin became like that one of Naaman. After Elisha had prayed for him. Because the Bible says, uh, Naaman's skin became like the skin of a baby. So we should always remember because there is power in remembrance. There is deliverance in remembrance. We should not take God's grace for granted. Brother, sister, brother, sister, it is not he who willeth. It is not he who runneth. We don't seek God. He's the one who seeks us. It is his favor that picked us from wherever we were. To be sons and daughters of God. Don't allow the devil to make that one as an obvious thing. Don't allow him to make it common. The Bible says we should always carry out our salvation with fear and tremble. We should always remember where he picked us from. It is his grace and his mercy. Amen? It is entirely his grace and mercy. He says here, a communion with the Lord is like an oasis in the desert. It's like the spring underneath the pond that where the traveler coming by stops and drinks the water till he quenches his thirst. Amen. 
That's remembering the Lord. Coming by the order of his table. Where the passing pilgrim that's sojourning here on earth with us together. That we can come by his table and there drink of his blessings. Drink of his grace and of his word in fellowship around his word. Until our thirsty souls are satisfied. And then we leave the place of worship refreshed and satisfied. Going out to meet the desert's problems again. The problems of life's desert. Yes, an oasis in the desert. Refreshing ourselves. Making ourselves, you know, when we are thirsty. Amen. So this communion, not the Lord's table, but thinking about what he did. Remember, Brother Branham says, that one was just a symbol. Jesus left that symbol. Yes, so of breaking the bread and drinking the cup But he said, whenever you do that, remember what I did for you. In other words, you are supposed to die. But I died in your stead. My body was broken. I lost my blood. I died a shameful death. The Bible says that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. So communion is not just sharing of the bread. No. But it is to have fellowship with your God. Wherever you are, in your lockdown, to get a moment and remember what God has done for you. Remember all the testimonies of the Lord. Remember all the blessings of the Lord. Remember how far he has brought you from. And Brother Branham says, that communion is just like an oasis in the desert. It's just like a spring. And he says it's just like a traveler moving through the desert. And he's thirsty. Maybe he's having his camel. Do you know a desert is a vast place of sand only? You walk for miles, kilometers, and kilometers. kilometers. Just seeing sand dunes. No building. No nature, no tree. Just sand. Sand only. 
It is believed that when you are lost in the desert, you may be lost forever. So walking in the desert, no water, nothing. And then when, when you are thirsty, and all of a sudden you come across an oasis, a pool of water. An oasis is a, is a fertile place. In the desert. Having trees, maybe palm trees. Where there are birds. You have been walking a long distance. In the desert. You are thirsty. And you come across that pool of water. And then you drink. And your thirst is quenched. And he's telling us here. And then you go back to the desert of the world again. Brethren, we are in a desert world where there is no peace at all. Conflicts upon conflicts. Sorrow. Sicknesses. Confusion. Deaths. Funerals. We are in a desert over but the good thing is that we are pilgrims and strangers going through this desert. And when we are in this desert and we are thirsty, he's telling us when we remember the goodness of the Lord and we commune with him. It is just like drinking this fresh water in this confused desert of this world. When you sit down and you ponder about his goodness, you get refreshed. It's just like this traveler drinking After walking a long distance in this desert Oh, how wonderful it is to get a time always of communing with the Lord. He's that thirsty quenching oasis in this confused world. How wonderful it is when we gather together in fellowship and worship him and praise him. Oh, it's just like drinking from that good pool of water. How wonderful it is when you pick your Bible and you read it meditating upon it. How wonderful it is when you go down and seek the Lord and you abandon yourself and maybe you fast and you forsake the things of the world and you sit somewhere in a lonely place and remember his goodness. Brethren, we should always do it. In this dry and thirsty land, in this desert of a world, we need the Lord always. To meditate upon him. To think about his goodness. To remember what he has done for us. To think about his testimonies. And he says, then after that, you can go back to your desert. After all, we are pilgrims and strangers here in this world. 
Oh, we need him more than anything. He's our rock in this world. Just as we sing in that song, Jesus is the rock. In this desert world, Jesus is that rock. He's a rock in this world. He's that thirsty quenching oasis. In this desert of a world. David called him a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still water. Even if I pass through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear anything. He is always with me. He had focused his attention on that shepherd. Do you know that that's what we need? Always to have communion. Every hour of our lives should be an hour of communion. Having fellowship with him. However busy you are, you should always put him in your schedules. Put him in your programs. Remembering that wonderful God. And all his goodness. And where he picked you from. He says here, and when the church gets to that place where that Christ means so much to us that we thirst to get in his presence and with each other it is a, then it becomes a life giving resource. Amen. When we thirst so much and we long to come in his presence. Just like David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go in the house of the Lord. Let us go in the presence of the Lord. For there is joy in the house of the Lord. There is singing in the house of the Lord. There is worship in the house of the Lord. There is Jesus in the house of the Lord. Even in this lockdown, wherever you are, he is there. He's just waiting for you to commune with him, to have fellowship with him. Oh, how wonderful it is. You see? He says it is a life giving resource. No devil can ever overtake you when you do that. Even death itself is defeated there. Oh, what a hope. What a place to refresh ourselves. And in doing so, remembering Christ was the one who made it possible for us. He was the one who did the things for us. We must remember him always. For remember, 
Once we were aliens and without God. We were Gentiles. Carried away with dumb idols. But remember Christ died not for the Jew but for every creature of Adam's fallen race. Christ died for Amen. Amen. We should always remember where he picked us from. We should always remember his love. We should always remember his grace. Brethren, there is power in remembrance. Especially remembering the good things God has done for you. When you are in a fix, and you remember. It gives you strength. It gives you courage. When you remember his faithfulness. When you remember his goodness. When you remember where he picked you from. It gives you strength. It gives you courage. It gives you hope. To always remember the good things of the Lord. Especially in hard, stressful moments. Especially like in this lockdown, COVID condition that we are in. To remember that it is the Lord who healed you of COVID. And yet, people who had millions and millions of money perished in this COVID. It will give you hope. It will give you courage. We serve a faithful God. We serve a true God. We serve a God of reality. So when we remember the good things that he has done for us, then it gives us courage. And remember, even when you are in that valley of distress and, you know, the Lord is still with you. That God who did the, a wonderful thing to you the other time, he's still the same God even in that distressful moment. That God, he was God before even Corona. He's God in this Corona condition. And will be God after Corona. That God who blessed you yesterday is the same God who will bless you now. And even in the future. That God who fought for you the other time is the same God who will keep on fighting for you all the time. We should always remember him. Remember the good things that he has done God told the children of Israel, always remember where I picked you from. Always remember. Let, let us read that scripture. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 15. He says, And remember that thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt. 
And that the Lord thy God brought thee out thence through a mighty hand and by a stretched out arm. Therefore the Lord thy God commanded thee to keep the Sabbath day. Chamate Amen. Amen. Remember that you were a servant in the land of Egypt and that God brought you out with a mighty hand with an outstretched arm. You were a slave making mortar, making bricks, suffering, but I delivered you with my outstretched arm. So always keep the Sabbath. What is the Sabbath? It is a rest. Always observe that rest. Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me. For I'm meek and lowly and will achieve a rest for your souls. We were laboring brethren. Just like these children of Israel. We were under a taskmaster with a whip. Just like the children of Israel, they would whip them to make them make bricks tirelessly. They had no time of rest. They were slaves. And the merciful hand of God brought them out after plaguing. Egypt with plagues upon plagues. He delivered them with a mighty hand. The same thing applies to us. Our task master the devil. He would whip us. Go and drink. You would go and drink. Go and tell lies. You do that. Go and steal. You steal. He was our taskmaster with a whip. But we heard the cry of our master. The cry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come unto me, all ye who labor. And I have a laden. I will give you rest. Rest is in the Lord Jesus Christ. He told the children of Israel, you should always observe the Sabbath. In other words, you should be rested in your hearts. Remember what I did for you. And rest. Even when you reach the Red Sea and your enemy is pursuing you and you have nowhere to turn, there is the Red Sea in front, there are mountains on this side, there are valleys, and your enemy is pursuing you. Observe the Sabbath. Rest in me. Don't get worried. Remember the mighty hand of the Lord. David said in Psalms, I think 56, verse 3, he said, 
The moment I'm afraid, I'll trust in thee. In other words, when, I, when I'm confused, when I'm distressed, when I have nowhere to turn, I will lift up my eyes to the Lord. Somewhere he said, I look unto the hills, I look unto the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the creator of the heavens and earth. So always observe the Sabbath. Brother Branham told us, Brother Branham Yatugamba, he said, a, a, a Christian does not run from pillar to post. A Christian does not have an answered question. A Christian does not worry about issues. A Christian rests because it is already done for him on the cross at Calvary. He paid it all. Just as we sing in that song, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. The children of Israel failed to observe that. And no wonder they could not even reach the promised land. God was so annoyed with them. Because of lack of remembering what God did for them. Brethren, we should always remember that God who saved you then He's more than able. He has not forsaken you. You remember a vision of that man? Footprints in the sands of time. In that distressful moment, when you think he has abandoned you, that's when he's closest to you. This man was walking through a desert. And I believe he saw in a dream two footprints. And it was revealed to him that one of them is for the Lord and one of the pair is for him. So he always saw that he was walking with God. Because he would see Two footprints. So he knew the Lord was always with him. But when they reached a hard kind of miry clay, he could only see one footprint. One pair. He said, Lord, so which means when I reach in this miry kind of land, you abandon me and it was revealed to him by the Lord that he was seeing two footprints and that pair was for the Lord. When they would reach that miry clay, the Lord would lift him, put him on, on his shoulder and then they would cross over. So he realized that he's always with me. Our God is an ever-present help in the times of need. He's always with us. Even when we don't seem to realize he's with us. But he's ever 
present. He's always with us. We should remember what he has done for us to get courage to move on and realize that he's always with us. David said in Psalms 119 Let's read it quickly. Psalms 119, verse 59. Verse 59, it says, I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. Amen. Amina. I thought on my ways and turned my feet to thy testimonies. And Brother Branham says, most likely when David wrote these words, he was distressed. He didn't know where to turn next. And he says, most likely, that is the moment when his son Absalom had toppled him. And he was in a valley of thoughts. Thinking, after his son had toppled him, and he was running away, climbing Mount Olives, barefooted, he was thinking in deep, deep thoughts. Oh, my only son, my true son, is the one who has toppled me. And now he's running away from his own blood, his son. Oh, it was so distressful. His son looking for his life. And the Bible says that as he was running away, a certain man came called Shimei. He started mocking him. He started spitting at him. He started throwing stones at him. And one of the servants of David who had run away with him, he told David, let me spear him just once. How can he mock our king? And David told him, no, don't God. Maybe the Lord has allowed him. He has allowed him to do that. And David was thinking, do you know that when he sinned and committed adultery with Uriah's wife and even killed Uriah, though he repented in tears, still God pronounced what would befall him. And he told him, a sword will not depart from your house. And he told him, one of your neighbors, you have done this thing secretly. You have committed adultery with Uriah's wife. And you have even killed Uriah. But one of your neighbors will get your wives and will sleep with them in broad daylight. And that's what happened. Because the Bible says that the concubines of King David Solomon had to 
commit fornication with them Absalom in broad daylight when the whole world was seeing. So David was remembering all those things. And he said, maybe God has allowed me. But in all that distressful moment, as he thought on his way, his feet turned to the testimony of the Lord. He started remembering where the Lord picked him from. Oh, brethren, there is power in remembering. He started remembering. Where did I come from? I was just a shepherd boy tendering after my father's sheep. And then I was called home that's something that you are needed at home. When I reached home, I found my brethren gathered. And there was prophet Samuel. And he anointed me. And from that time, my life changed. And he remembered. Where did I get the courage and the strength to kill a bear when it attacked my father's sheep? Where did I get the courage? Where did I get the strength to kill a lion when it attacked my father's sheep? Where did I get the boldness to kill Goliath? Who protected me against Saul when he was persecuting me every inch of my life? Life. Isn't it the Lord? He started imagining all the goodness of God. Though he was running away from his son, though he was toppled, I believe he got courage. He got strength through remembering all the testimonies of the Lord. As I walked on my way, my feet turned to the testimonies of the Lord. I believe he started singing a song. He abides. He abides. Hallelujah. He abides with me. You know, he started, oh, he's with me. Even in this distressful moment, that God who delivered me from Goliath, who delivered me from the bear, who delivered me from the lion, who delivered me from Saul, he's still with me. Brethren, he has not changed. He's the same Lord Jesus Christ. Yesterday, today, and forevermore. He said, I will never leave you. I will always be with you. He's an ever present help in the times of need. He wants us always to remember His goodness, His grace, His mercy. He wants us to remember where He picked us from and then forge ahead. Are you distressed this morning? Are you discouraged? Are you facing disappointments? Remember the Lord. That God who picked you from nowhere. That God who has fought your battles. That God who healed you of that 
terrible disease that God who delivered you from COVID-19 when people were dying he has never changed he's the same Lord Jesus Christ but he wants us to remember all his goodness and move on with him just another quote you let me know when the, 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 the bride has come. Are they around already? Well, they are here. Very, very good. We are soon finishing. Uh, just a quote. A quote or two. Uh, Brother Branham was asked this question. What did Jesus mean in St. Matthew 16, 9 and 10? What do the 12 baskets and the 7 baskets represent? And he says, I'm not too sure. Let, let me just read Matthew 16, 9 and 10 and see what it says. Do you understand, neither remember the five loaves or the 5,000 and how many Baskets you took up. Neither the seven loaves or the four thousand and how many baskets did you take up? And Jesus said unto them, Take heed that you beware of the living of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves saying, Is it because you have taken no bread? Jesus was telling his disciples to be aware to be aware of the living of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. He was talking about something quite different. And the disciples got another interpretation altogether. And they said, is it because we have not carried bread? And Jesus told them, when he perceived their thoughts, he told them, remember he realized they were worried because they, did, they had not carried bread. But yet yeah. Jesus was talking about the living of the Pharisees. Sin of the Pharisees. A literal living lives the whole earth. You see? But for them, they were thinking about bread. And he told him, don't you remember? Why are you worried about bread? Don't you remember the miracle which I performed when I fed the 5,000 just with five bands of bread and five fish? Do you not understand, neither do remember the five loaves and the five thousands? How many baskets you took up? In other words, like this. 
if you have seen God provide and do a miracle, then can't he do a miracle again? See? In other words, like this. If he saved you from the life of sin, can he not heal your body? Don't you remember when you were a sinner? How he lifted the up your soul in faith to believe can't he likewise do something great for you again can't he do a miracle or anything else for you like when they cross over the Red Sea God opened up that that for them, the Red Sea. And they walked through. And then they come right on the other side. And as soon as they got without water, they started murmuring. As soon as they got without bread, they started crying out. See? Didn't you consider the miracle back there at the Red Sea? Don't you remember how he smote the earth with plagues down there? Who kept the sun shining in Goshen? See? We must remember those things. Remember, God is God. Hallelujah. Any of it, he's still God. He certainly can do anything Anytime. That God who kept them in Goshen when plagues were hitting Egypt that God who opened the Red Sea for them was more than able even when they reached a moment and all the water was bitter in a place called Mara he was more than able to give them a solution but they had quickly forgotten may the Lord help us this morning never to forget the goodness of the Lord may the Lord help us this morning always to remember where God picked us from it will give us strength it will give us courage to move on always remember the goodness of the Lord. Always remember where he picked you from. Always remember his testimonies. Amen. Job was sustained by that. Even in that distressful moment. Even when he didn't know what was happening to him. Calamity upon calamity. Problems upon problems. Until his wife told him. Why don't you cast God and die? He said you are speaking like a... A foolish woman. Shall we always expect good things from the Lord? When his brethren came, his friends, the Elihus, instead of comforting him, 
Bible says that they started accusing him. And saying maybe you are a secret sinner. God cannot allow all this trouble to happen to you. If you have not sinned. What held Job in one position. He remembered the goodness of the Lord. He checked his life. And he found out that he had no sin. And he kept on hanging. On the goodness of the Lord. And finally, the Lord delivered him. Let us always remember the goodness of the Lord. Let us always remember the mercy of God. It will give us strength to move on. Oh, he's always good. He's such a mighty God. He says here, talking about Haggai, when Haggai was running away from her mistress, Sarah, and uh, she had told, Sarah had told her husband, Abraham, Abraham, my son cannot inherit with that son of the bond woman. Chase her away. And the Bible says that as she was moving with her child, and he moved, you know, a long distance in the desert. And the little water that he had, it just got finished. And the boy was dying of thirst. And she never wanted to see that horrible moment of his son dying because of thirst. And the Bible says that he put him down and walked like a stone throw distance not to see his son die. And when he was so when she was so distressful God sent an angel and her eyes were open and she saw a pool of water. That's what he's talking about. Here. No doubt but what her innocent heart would cry out, oh God what have I done? What have I done? And she couldn't stand to see the child die in her arms. So she laid him under a bush and she went about a bow shot. Probably a hundred yards or more. And seen a little tree and she knelt down there, she began to weep. For she wondered why if she did what was right, why should this thing come upon her? Many times we think that of our sickness and our affliction. See? But maybe it's all done to show you grace and mercy. And when she thought, she had the little faint cries as they finally faded out for water. She heard the little faint cries as they finally faded out. As they finally faded out. Then she heard a voice speak and said, Why weepest thou? What are you weeping for? And she looked up and she saw the well bubbling up. What 
a spring of refreshment. Bilal Hayroy. I may have that, I may have pronounced it wrongly, but it is that B double O, which means the well of him that liveth and seeth me. Him that can't die. El Shaddai. Him that liveth and seeth me. Knowing my needs, he has remembered me. And that he remembered me as I remembered him. I know that he liveth and he has sprung up here in the desert. This well. When this woman had given up, when all hope had gone, God opens her eyes through an angel and she sees a pool of water. And she gets a drink for his son. And she, I believe she also drank. And she called that well Belharoi. A pool of that water of he who sees me and that one who is alive. In this desert of a world, we have that pool. And that pool is the Lord Jesus Christ. It is he who lives and he sees you. He saw you in your sins and transgression. When you are confused, not knowing whether to turn left and right, he saw you in denomination. He saw you lost. He saw you a drunkard. That living God, that pool of water, he picked you up. He brought you to himself. He's walking with you. He's that pool in this desert of a world. This desert that is full of confusion. This desert that is full of corruption. This desert of a world that is full of darkness. Funerals upon funerals. Sicknesses upon sicknesses. We have that pool. We baziwe orokunaza wantu kuza. That bull is there even this morning. Are you distressed? Are you sick? Are you confused? Are you in a desert of thoughts? The bull is here this morning. You just have to remember where he picks you from and drink from that pool and have communion with that pool. He's here this morning. He's that thirst-quenching pool. The Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one who changes not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. That pool is here this morning. Oh, may the Lord help us to always remember. Remember Jesus when the barrel gets empty at the house and there is no more flour. Remember Jesus. 
When the doctor says there is no more chance, remember Jesus. When the devil is tempting you, as we sing our dismissing song, when temptations round us gather, breathe that holy name in prayer. That pool is always there. Oh, may the Lord help us. May we always remember where he picked us from. May we remember him this morning. May we remember the battles he has fought for us. May we remember the testimonies he has even in distressful moments, even in the valleys that we are in, let our feet turn to the testimonies of the Lord. He's that pool. He's that living God. He's alive forevermore. He does not abandon. He does not forsake. He's here this morning. Let us stand up. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sin has plunged beneath that flood lose all the guilty stains lose all the guilty stains lose all the guilty stains and sin has plunged beneath that flood
Wherever you are, if you want the Lord to remember you, in whatever situation that you are in, whatever valley that you are in, just lift up your hand before you. That fountain in a weary land, that fountain this desert of a world that we are in. That great pool of water of the one who sees you. The one who sees the condition that you are in is present this morning. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. Just lift up your burden before him by raising your hand before him wherever you are the Lord will meet with that condition. Let us pray. Loving Heavenly Father the creator of the heavens and the earth we want to appreciate you King of Glory for your grace and mercy for you thought about us when we were evil when we were, we were wretched and miserable in our evil works of life and you put that away for us and you are that way king of the you are that pool of water you are that thirst quenching water Lord we are needed people we need more of you for you are the only one who can help us some of us are distressful. Some of us are those two and four by the evil one. But we know that you see the situations that we are in. And we know that you are that ever-present help in the times of need. You are that great high priest who is touched by the feeling of our infirmities. Lord God, may you, may, may you look at those hands lifted up beneath every hand that has been lifted up there is a need Lord and you know it and you said you are the Lord God of all flesh is there anything too hard for you what is impossible with man very possible you. I pray dear Jesus that you meet your children in the conditions that you are in minister to their needs meet them at their points of need and deliver them and set them free for the glory and honor of your name 
Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Thank you for your grace. May you help us to always remember your goodness, your love, your blessings upon us, the battles that you have fought for us, so that when we are confronted with similar situations, even greater ones, Lord, we should remember your goodness and your grace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. For we ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.